everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Cybersecurity Chronicles. I'm Sean Mahoney with NetSwitch. Today I'm joined with Stanley Lee, CEO and founder of NetSwitch. And today, Stanley, we have a special guest. Yes. Very Get ready to guest. feel inadequate professionally and educationally. Today we have Dr. Stidianos Kampakis, is an expert in the field of data science. Dr. Kampakis Ooh. is a data science advisor <laughs> at the London School of Business a mentor at Cambridge Judge Business School, a research associate at University Central London Center for Blockchain Technologies. He is also chief data scientist and head tokenomics at Electi Consulting, advisor for algorithmic tokenomics at Pollen DeFi, and serves as a data science advisor at several other organizations. He holds seven different degrees from educational entities, including University of Cambridge, University of Edinburgh, University of Central London. He is currently the CEO of Tesseract Academy and is a published author of the book Decision Maker's Handbook to Data Science. Wow. Thank you for joining, Stylos. I'm not going to try to <laughs> even comprehend what you have achieved. And, you know, for our audience sake, boy, you know, it has been a journey for me just to learn how to speak your language, forget about understanding it. But at the same time, it has been a great journey. And we've been working on and off together for the last four or five years already as our company advisor. Thank you very much for joining us, Stylos, and really appreciate that you are on board with us. Hi guys. Uh, well, the pleasure is all mine. I'm uh, looking towards a very exciting discussion this evening. Well, fantastic. Well, let's start off with sort of a softball question for you. What is data science? It's in, everybody reads about it nowadays. So, give us just a general idea. What is it? Yeah, that's a great question. And actually, when I when I teach, I often like to lead with this question. And the, the short answer is that data science is about extracting value from data. And I know this sounds a bit open-ended, uh, but uh, the reason I give these definitions is because data science encapsulates many other fields. Um, if you want to be, let's say, uh, a bit more specific, you can see that has a history spanning over 200 years. It's something which I'm actually uh, talking about in, in a book I'm currently working on. Um, and uh, the, the term data science came about Fairly recently, let's say 10 to 20 years ago, it's when it started becoming more popular. Essentially, trying to bring all these different uh, fields together under one umbrella. Um, so, whereas, um, let's say 10 years ago, someone would say, I'm a data scientist, and this would mean that they might be doing machine learning, statistics, uh, data analytics, uh, all sorts of things. Um, and different people would have different interpretations. I think now data science has become like an umbrella term, which is uh, on one hand, fairly like open-ended, and uh, it, it really encapsulates many different uh, disciplines. And I think that's uh, that's really for the better, uh, because we're seeing a convergence of different, let's say, ways of, of approaching problems in, in data, um, as well as different methodologies and, and different techniques. Uh, it's one of the reasons that even though I've, you know, I have a degree in statistics, I have a PhD in machine learning, I call myself a data scientist instead of saying, Oh, well, you know, I'm like a machine learning specialist who also knows physics, this and that, right? <laughs> so, well, we, we read about it all the time uh, in articles nowadays for business. 
how important data science is. And so, and artificial and machine learning, these are all buzzwords in, in just business in general nowadays. So where does data science fit with artificial intelligence? Uh, another great question. So I think that AI um, is essentially the, the, the bigger vision uh, which started around the 50s in the U.S. in the collaboration of different institutions like IBM, Carnegie Mellon, uh, MIT. And uh, this vision really refers to replicating intelligence uh, in a synthetic way, uh, whereas data science is a bit more pragmatic, a bit more, um, let's say, down to earth. So the goal of data science is to extract insights from data. Uh, and, and this is often much simpler and much easier to do than achieve the AI vision. Actually, the, AI, the, the full AI vision is more of an aspiration, right? So it's more like the things you see in science fiction movies and in science fiction novels. It's debatable as to when and how we're going to achieve this objective. Uh, even though most experts agree that it is basically is going to be achieved uh, at some point this uh, century, most likely. And, and, and I actually believe this as well. Uh, and while AI as a term is being thrown around a lot, I personally believe that in the majority of cases when most companies are actually using is data science, uh, as, they, as most, uh, most companies that don't really create any kind of fundamental innovation, let's say, in uh, the way we approach uh, data or we approach intelligence in general. Uh, but that being said, I, I see the term AI being used um, more and more freely these days. Uh, maybe because it sounds cooler than than data science. Uh, that's fine. Well. <laughs> so you know, in the area that we work with in the cybersecurity, you know, artificial intelligence, AI, machine learning is is all the rage. And as you just said, it, it's really data science and the interpretation of that data that is leading to certain decision making through systems, and it's not really artificial intelligence, uh, but it is a good buzzword. So where does data science fit within cybersecurity? Uh, I think that the future of cybersecurity is going to, I wouldn't say that it relies solely on, on AI and data science, but I think uh, data have a huge role to play in this. Um, obviously, cybersecurity uh, so it's it's uh, a, a, an interesting mixture between engineering, art, and science. And obviously, there's lots of domain knowledge involved, uh, which is actually something that makes automation of um, cybersecurity more and more difficult. So I guess uh, the problem of, of using data science and AI in cybersecurity is not too dissimilar from the problem of trying to use data science and AI in, in medicine. Uh, some, on one hand, you can see how this would be automated. On the other hand, there's lots of domain knowledge and, and context around it. Uh, but I think that there's probably a broad agreement amongst experts that in one way or another, um, we are going to move towards an era of more automation in cybersecurity and the use of AI, uh, like for various use cases. Is it the movement of towards automation or is it really more the distillation of a vast amount of data through data science methodologies that is going to help move things faster in cybersecurity? Uh, so I think it's not so much uh, the methodologies, I'd say, because I think we have many, many different powerful methods in data science and AI. I think what might really be lacking um, is how to bring all this together along with domain knowledge in order to uh, make sure that okay. um, we deliver, and by we, I mean, 
uh, data experts, uh, and obviously how we can work with, with cybersecurity experts. Again, I, I personally see, maybe someone else has a different opinion, but I personally see many, um, let's say, similarities with medicine, where, uh, again, uh, there's, uh, like, computer scientists have been trying to use AI to automate clinical diagnostics since the 70s, and what has actually prevented AI from taking over is that uh, you, the, the AI needs to understand the context, right? It needs to understand the domain. Uh, and it's the same thing with cybersecurity. So I think that the, the techniques are there, um, but I think that the, maybe the knowledge has not been mapped out. Maybe the problem is that we also need um, uh, maybe more data and structured in, in a better way in order to be able to answer some of these questions. Because, because also in order to use cybersecurity, sorry, AI and data science cybersecurity, um, you really need a blend of techniques. So a natural language processing, optimization, um, maybe graph theory. Uh, there are many things going on, right? So it's, it's not like a vanilla problem. Um, it's not something I expect is going to be solved tomorrow either. Okay. And this is where I have a question, you know, in, in the terms of reinforced machine learning or augmented intelligence. So these are the things that you and I, Stylos, are working on how to resolve this cybersecurity process, uh, problem. Well, I don't think we'll ever resolve it. But at the same time, how can we streamline the process and make it more efficient, faster, uh, better for the stakeholders to use the data science to learn about their organizations and outcome with some of the recommended remediation process. So the term reinforced learning and augmented intelligence, can you share more about those terms with us? Yeah, sure. I mean, reinforcement learning is a particular uh, instantiation of machine learning um, uh, that uh, essentially you have an agent, an algorithm, which learns in a dynamic way. It's constantly uh, updating, um, constantly learning from the environment. So this is very useful in, in environments which are Constantly shifting. Uh, it's also useful in domains like robotics. Um, then I think augmented uh, analytics, augmented data science. Uh, this narrative uh, essentially describes a group of technologies where the objective is to, uh, um, like, take, uh, let's say, some algorithms and then use them in a way that they can enhance the decision-making process. Uh, and this is like a, an interesting approach to solving problems because essentially you're accepting that you can't really automate a pipeline end-to-end. -end. So you're like, okay, since I can't automate this, then I'm going to build algorithms which assist in decision-making, and then I'm going to provide the relevant information to an expert who's then going to make a decision, a better decision, also ideally faster. Yeah, And I guess this is a first entry point in many industries. This is what might actually happen in cybersecurity. So you might see some form of augmented analytics before we see full-blown AI, which is obviously the you know, the long-term vision. Right. And that's where the domain expertise comes in. And people keep asking me, you don't know a way that, you know, you're going to replace some of the professional. As I said, that's not the case. It really is to shifting their knowledge standard and increase their knowledge and helping with the AI to do their job better. And at, this, at the same time, you and I talked about, you know, using the meta heuristic optimization model yeah. in particularly in actually even drilling down on to how can we create a pattern for the decision uh, making process to provide the recommendation 
by correlating the data between the stakeholders' input and the company, you know, and the community responses. And that's part of what we're doing on the cyber risk governance system that we are developing. And of course, this is something that we needs to be starting putting more effort into it. But at the same time, I think I just want to ease people's concern about, oh, the AI is going to take over my job. You know, we're not going yeah, and we everything is going to be replaced by machine. That's not the case. Is really relying on we need the domain knowledge, we need the everyday operational expertise and experience to make a better decision. Yeah, and a faster one too. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and I think it's. Really and I, I think it's also we talked about. Sorry to cut you off, but our goal is really just to reduce the human error part of it, and because. Why does it cause the human error part is just because of the volume that they're getting. A lot of people now, they're throwing money at the tool sets, the solutions, the you know, t- different kind of technology. But they forgot, well, who's going to operate them? Yes. You know, that's, the, that's the key. It's like you, we know that there's a shortage of 3 million, over 3 million cybersecurity professionals around the world. So, yeah, great. You have the budget to buy you know, the, so, you know, the shiny toys and you know, the Rolls Royce of the IT in, in monitoring, but at the same time, well, who is going to have that time or the human resource to learn through that process? And so I think that the path that for our audience that who knows about what we're working on and the cyber risk governance system, in particular, this part and the AI machine learning and data science, is not about replacing anybody's job. It's really how can we do it better, faster, and actually using the AI to increase the knowledge level of the daily operators that who has to handle it. Now, a lot to do, well, of course, you know, shows my age, 20 somewhat years ago is that we have to, you know, we don't, there is a lot of tools that we use and we have to use manual calculations to crunch the number. And now, well, who does that anymore? What is a calculator? It's like a lot of people don't even know what a calculator is. It's all in the phone anyway. So, I mean, that is the evolution that we need to start. And well, we, I at least to try to educate some of my colleagues, we have to start moving the bar. We cannot be continue looking at IT as it was 15 years ago or 10 years ago. And now data science, AI are tools to help us to do our job better and more efficient. So that's the angle that we're going into and especially what is complicating the matter is now is full you know putting in the governance control such as the territorial scope the responsibility of data controllers and processes these are manual driven and policies and procedures and has to be interpreted by somebody but they might only need to do it once or twice. Then we can let the machine learning to yes. take over and to continue to coach the machine learning, like why I brought in the term augmented or reinforcement intelligence. Of course, I can't differentiate the different this is stylos where you come in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and you know, talking about the different modeling that we have put together as a you know to do our proof of concept. All of these that requires 
domain knowledge and the way that we are approaching it. Yes, we might know about IT, we might know cybersecurity, but we still don't know much about the governance controls. And these are why we're partnering with consultants, risk management, uh, even insurance company to add their input into it. And then the other part of it, well, what does it mean to the company itself? Even though we have the domain knowledge, but we don't know the company. And that is another part that we need to add their input to make it more efficient. So now that we have gone all the way to Mars, <laughs> what I keep saying, these are the very futuristic, but not too future because it's right around the corner. We already start doing some work into it. But now coming back into how, you know, the problem that everybody, you know, it's like, how do we start? You know, where do we go from here? And I would like to, Stylo, maybe you can take a shot at it. What, what should we do, you know, now that we know all these two sets are great for our future, future, you know, the very near, near <laughs> distance, actually, this very close by already. But where do I start? You know, as an organization, large company has all the resource, they can throw it into it. They have their own blockchain technology. They might have their own AI. But as a medium-sized company, where do they start this process? What do they need to do? And uh, if I may add something, I think it's really um, the medium-sized companies that face many of these issues because the, the large companies they always like have the resources to deal with stuff and it's actually the the small to medium-sized businesses that usually benefit the most from automation of any kind and i just think cybersecurity is an exception what do you think about that as an exception or i think it's no exception Oh, it's not an exception. Okay, yeah, okay. Sean? Yeah, they would they would benefit. I think the small, mid-sized businesses would benefit from the the automation and the artificial intelligence or augmented intelligence from a data science gathering of some sort, only because they're going to lack the resources, going to lack the personnel internally. They're going to lack the money to really pay for their a large, expensive system. And so for a way that is affordable, that brings all the data and breaks through all of the noise of the data for them and distills it down to actionable information is going to be critical to those small and mid-sized businesses. All right, let me throw a devil's advocate's questions, you know, and, and uh, is my data safe? Because now <laughs> that's a big question, right? With all the governance regulations, throwing into, you know, the data privacy issue. And I live in California, so California Consumer Privacy Act. Now they are taking another revision at it, and now it's going to be more enhanced. So, Stylos, and I know that you have blockchain technology expertise as well. So <laughs> tell us more about, you know, how we can use blockchain to increase the data privacy. And at the same time, we looking at the blockchain data lake to address the data privacy and sovereignty issues because we see more and more countries that they're going to require or even regulation, local regulations that has to address the sovereignty issue. So tell us more about the blockchain technology. I know that we're not going to have, you know, a lot of time to go in depth and we just start touching on the AI side or the machine learning side. 
but give us a flavor about the blockchain technology in terms of how to increase the data privacy and solvency. Yeah, so I think um, there's not like only one way to do this. Uh, I think there are many people, me included, uh, which we have talked about potentially um, using blockchain so that the users can keep ownership of their data. And at the same time, not only they keep ownership of their data, uh, but they can also like monetize it. So it's not the big companies that own the data, but it's the users. So I think that's like one obvious case to do it. It might be, it's like the main case, right? So it's essentially the transition ownership because otherwise in terms of uh, like, uh, for example, cybersecurity, keeping data private, uh, there are like regulations right now, which are obviously difficult to be enforced. Right? Um, but at the same time, if you have something on the blockchain, then essentially it's kind of like public in, in a way. Um, so I know that IPFS was... Uh, Essentially, can provide this functionality. Um, what was this other project? I think Airweave uh, that Solana, I think, is using. Um, that is also uh, involved in in uh, data decentralized data storage. Uh, even though, to be honest with you, I'm I'm a big fan of these ideas, but I don't think we've seen anything definite for now. Uh, like like lots of good thinking, and um, but I think we're far at least in the near term, from a solution in this space, even, in, even, in, even if in principle, blockchain seems to pretty much solve many, many problems in this area. Wow. It's an area of interest that we've we spent a good bit of time talking about is in the blockchain and where that's going to go and what it can mean to organizations as far as being able to share data that they their, some of their knowledge from their data with a larger community, but still retain that ownership of the data and leave the community if they choose to. So there is a, a huge area to learn, uh, Dr. Kampikas. I appreciate your time today. And for our listeners, if you have questions about data science, uh, there are certainly some places to go. There is a particular book that I mentioned earlier. The Decision Maker's Handbook to Data Science. It is for non, non-experts like Dr. Kapikas. It is really for CEOs, executives, and founders, and it's a good area to start. And then also, if you have any questions, you can look look for Dr. Kapikas on LinkedIn. If you have questions about NetSwitch, you can check us out at NetSwitch, N-E-T-S-W-I-T-C-H dot net. And doctor, thank you very much for joining us today. Stanley, thanks for jumping in today. And we look forward to talking to all of you next time on the Cybersecurity Chronicles.